0: for Broncos and 49ers tonight. Here's Matt Smith and Kyle
1: Reese.
0: Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Broncos games. It's week two of the preseason. Broncos 0-1 so far through the preseason, and they did wrap up training camp, at least the open portion of training camp, to the fans. The media is going to be able to access it. But the Rams are headed into town next week. But since training camp, technically, for all intents and purposes, for what training camp is meant to be wrapped up this week, Kyle, it was a much different week than we had experienced, or much different several weeks, I should say, than we have experienced in years past. The ticketing system, right? You know, we couldn't be in there watching practices
1: every day, broadcasting from the field. How do you think training camp went this year? Uh, it was different. It's a whole new world out there. Um, you know, Orlando and I mentioned it yesterday. It, Salute to the fans who for navigating that and still showing up every day. Some of those days were super hot out on that grass, man. So the, it was it was different, but it just shows the loyalty of Bronco country, man, because everyone showed up, and it was well attended. But, yes, defi- definitely you can tell there was a changing of the guard. Yeah, the ticketing system
0: I wasn't so hot on when that was first announced, and obviously the Broncos didn't have a choice. That was – You know, somebody snitched, right? Somebody somebody (laughs) sent a pick to the inspector. And, um, you know, they had to implement those rules and regulations. But I thought it went really well. You know, it it created, I think, a bit of commitment. So if you did have the tickets and you knew that they were free and that if you claimed them early, nobody else could, I thought people did a good job at showing up. And um, as far as the play and the camp itself, one thing that we had all been – Anticipating heading into training camp was this was not going to be the Nathaniel Hackett training glamp right. This was going to be hard work. Put it in, but I, did you did you think it was it was that much more physical and they got that much more work done than they did
1: last year? Um, it was different, but I don't. That's a tough question. No, I didn't think it was that much more physical. One of the things that that always strikes me is you know we get after kids about not walking in. In uh practice, in every mm. pro practice you go to guys walking around. So um but but there was some very crisp periods. Um there was time for physicality, they did have more team periods, uh particularly in the nine on seven or inside run where they did tackle to the ground and, and those kind of things. Uh yeah. so there there was a step up from last year, but I don't think it was exponential in that regard. No, not not necessarily from the physicality standpoint, but I think at least what
0: they covered, right? I mean, we didn't see any seven-on-seven seven last year. We didn't see any one-on-one. On one. Looking back on it now, right. it just sounds insane that you wouldn't do that in an NFL training camp, but they didn't. And maybe there were some struggles in the passing game as a result of not having the opportunity to really build a substantial rhythm, and it translated over to the field. And the other thing they didn't do was play in the gosh-darn preseason, Right, This was a team that opted to punt on their preparation. It's not the case this year. They are developing that out on the field. And even if things don't go swimmingly, they're sticking with it. Like we saw the other night Friday in Arizona where Sean Payton, after being right on the edge of the pregame you know, you know, pitch count that he had put out there for the first team, that he said, no, 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 that work, it, it, it wasn't good enough. We have to get out there and come away with something that we can be proud of, and they did. But as far as training camp goes – I think the one thing that I was really happy to see, and we did see it with the game as well last Friday in Arizona, is that they're building. They're stacking things. It's getting better continually. And from when you and I were out there week one at camp and we looked at each other and went, oh, boy,
1: it it does look smoother now. Yeah, you you can see the system starting to take place. And even last week, even you, you may not have been super excited about what you saw offensively, but you can see what they're building towards in terms of the weaponry, right? Mm, and, yeah. and and going back and forth and, and getting troutman involved and, and getting defenses to move side to side so you you can see the, the direction that it's going in. And uh, and that was that was not the case last year. It looked like a ship without a rudder and, and the first right. time we saw it was unfortunately you know, on primetime TV Mm -hmm. and you can't get the doggone play in. So yeah, it does seem like there's a definitive direction. um, And that's just because you got an adult in the room, man. (laughs) Yes, Yes, it It is is at the helm, man. There's a real captain uh, on the board here. So
0: yeah, yeah, there is, there is for sure. This ship definitely has some leadership to it now. And that's what the Broncos needed. Russell Wilson negotiated for the keys. He got the keys, but he had too much control. And by the end of the year we all knew it, right?
1: Yeah. That's the tough part, right? Because he, he he's been in the league for a decade, right? right? So you would think that you'd be able to, you know, keep it on the rails just a little bit, right? Yeah, but now but now he doesn't have to do that. Okay. And I think that
0: I think we've seen here over these last several weeks and even into the off season that's just a responsibility he doesn't have to carry around on his shoulders. He, he likes to do that. He likes to be the guy that can fix everything for everybody. But he couldn't be that guy, right? And he failed in a spectacular fashion, as did the entire team. And it certainly wasn't his fault last year. But he's made a serious commitment on and off the field. And I know this week we actually got a number to the amount of weight that he'd lost. And it's 15 pounds that Russ is down from last year. But he talked to Kay Adams about the changes to his diet and the changes to his routine. And, Kyle, if you're heading into year 12, those aren't easy
1: changes to make. No. I can attest to that. At 42, man, I've been trying to do this dog <laughs> 75 day challenge, man. I you starting over. Have yeah. you? Why do you keep looking the same every time you come to the studio on Sundays? Well, I, I you know, I had a good baseline.
0: I'm All right. Well, good. tomorrow you're going to have to pop off the tarp and and we'll see that we'll see those gains. Um, but 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 as far as it comes to training camp, I, I will say the one difference, and you and I noted it, you know, right away. Is the sense of urgency out there is night and day. The physicality, you know, as far as like the level of intensity in training camp, that may be somewhat comparable. But the sense of urgency, moving station to station, drill to drill, Sean Payton gathering everybody and hammering situational football into their heads, it's really important because this was a team that was four and nine in one score games last year, and a lot of those losses came down to turnovers, penalties, missed execution, you know, not understanding the situation and not. Not having the proper communication channels already carved out between coach and quarterback. And this year, they're really building towards that. Hopefully, hopefully, right? It didn't look great in in the first preseason game, but they were able to get something out of it.
1: Tonight, I'd like to see a much quicker start here. Yeah, you're not going to see this particular team lose a game because... They can't find the proper tool in the toolbox. Mm. It's just not going to happen. And that might have been the difference in three games last year, and we might be having a completely different conversation about the prospects of Russell Wilson. But uh, And hopefully that can be the stabilizer for the team this year. You know, it, Look, are we expecting a playoff team? Are we expecting a deep run? I, I don't think that they're there yet, but they can win those games that are close to, Based on procedure, so I'm excited to see that part of it because those are just those are gut wrenching losses, right? And you're doggone second guessing yourself all week and and, and going back and forth. And if I had only had right, you're not going to get a whole lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas out of this stuff. You'd hope not, man. I mean,
0: you'd really hope not this year. At the end of the year, we're not looking back and going, man, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot in this game and in that game. You remember the Green Bay game when they almost had it won, right? One of those areas that's going to be critical in taking care of business is the kicking competition. And this week, the Broncos said goodbye to Elliott Fry. He tweaked something. But, I mean, we all knew that wasn't going to be their long-term planet kicker and not even their short-term planet kicker. So now that's over, but Brett Maher... He, he did not instill a vote of confidence last weekend. Moving forward, and especially throughout the rest of the preseason,
1: I'm not sure the guy can miss again and expect to be here on Monday, Kyle. Yeah, and, and that's a tough part. You know, the could have, should have, would have this week were, you know, had they made two of those field goals last year instead of one, or last week instead of one, well, that's game. Right. Right. And, and and so you don't want to have a whole lot of those weeks where you're looking back with that kind of feeling. But you're right, man. This is this is a situation they didn't have to be in. And now you're in doggone field goal kicker purgatory. Mm. And it, it stinks down here, man. It stinks. It's dark and hell is hot. You want to talk about <laughs> no
0: light at the end of the tunnel? Does there you anybody go. think there's a light at the end of that tunnel right now? I mean, not really. And that's the other part of it. It's like if Brad Maher goes out there tonight and is two for two. Three for three. Does anybody feel better about Brett Maher? Or are we all going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop?
1: Has the damage already been done? No, nah, I, I think I think the kicker is going to be somebody that's on the street mm-hmm. come the first week in September. Yeah, I'm and, with and, you and there. it's a shame because you're going to feel better about whoever that is than the guy that maybe did go two for two tonight.
0: You know what? One of my favorite things, the my, my my favorite pushback I received this week was. Um, Andrew Mason, who said that the Broncos really would it would be in their best interest to wait until cut day and find another kicker from another team who was younger who could potentially be a long term solution. But last year um- Excuse me, and that was with will Lutz, Sean Payton had pretty much taken that same pathway to find him, but that would seem to me to be a big gamble, and the Broncos had an opportunity this entire week to evaluate another kicker it didn 't really seem like they had any interest in doing that.
1: It's kind of like the dirty dirty room syndrome. It's so dirty you don't know what to pick up first, and then you look up and you say, well, damn, we didn't even address the kicker situation. <laughs> the Russ is back on track.
0: Yeah, hey, hey at, least we got, at least we got that touchdown, right? We, at least we converted that fourth down, right? Oh, man. Oh, boy. All right, so what are we looking for tonight? It's Broncos and 49ers, and from what we've heard, the Broncos are gonna, get, going to get an opportunity to go against San Francisco's first team at least for a couple of drives What are Kyle's keys and what are my keys? We'll look at those next.
1: Getting you set for Broncos at 49ers tonight. Here's Matt Smith and Kyle Reese.
0: With the devil right beside me. Well, it's game two of the preseason. And this time last year, oh, game two of the preseason did not go well for the Broncos. They lost forty-two to fifteen and absolutely got laughed out of Buffalo in the preseason. Kyle, I know you remember it well. Why are you bringing they up? They couldn't Osta? do anything right. Why are you bringing up poster? Hey man, I just wanted to, I just wanted to remark that maybe there's some things that we can take away from that game, as in you know, come to play. That it <laughs> helped.
1: No doubt, no doubt. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm not counting on an embarrassment at all. Uh, I think they have well, that. I don't know if you ever count that. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think they've matured past that. You know, we, we got a good text from the text line. This is from the 7 seven two zero. I want to see the offense continue to get their play calling in mm. early and get to the line within 15 seconds. I think that is a it, – it's an astute point, but it's also a pretty low bar, don't you think? I, these guys are pros. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. get the play call in, not not burn timeouts. So that well, you can find yourself in a, a good two-minute situation at the end of the half and at the end of games? I think that's a low bar for the NFL.
0: It's a low bar, buddy, but I think you have to – pick the bar up off the floor first <laughs> to reset it for expectations. And the bar is on the floor. I had this conversation a couple different times this week and you and I haven't had it yet, but the the excuses versus expectations debate. I, I've received a lot of, you know, commentary this week about you guys are being too soft and the I mean they couldn't they couldn't execute at all and, you know, yada yada, you know, frustrated a, a frustrated fan base voicing their displeasure. But I just think it depends upon the lens with which you're evaluating this team if you're evaluating this team as a team that you believe can make it back to the playoffs this year then yeah what you saw on friday night was not good enough but if you're evaluating this team based upon who they were last season which is the foundation with which they're building from i don't know i mean you're stacking a few things there it's incremental progress it's certainly
1: nothing you're going to write home to your sweetie about but it's something Give me a little bit more context on the argument. What's a, what's an excuse that you've heard or, or had to dismiss? Yeah. Well, excuses would
0: be the process, right? Don't worry. It takes some time. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are going to need some time to meld together, and, you know, Russ is going to have to learn what Sean wants him to do and that type of thing. But as much as you can, you know, wring your hands on it and, you know, you know, shout at the top of your lungs that you don't like to see it, some of that stuff just has to happen.
1: Yeah. You know, the, the old adage is that, it's easier to build upon success, right? It's easier to build upon wins. Even Sean Payton said it as much this week. It's important to win. I might have had a little bit better attitude in the postgame game presser had we won the game and not lost it in that fashion in particular. So, yes, there is a process, but you'd like to be building that process on a little bit more success. And I don't know that uh, if you're using that particular criteria that you, you felt really great walking away from last week's game.
0: Well, and this is what I said this week too. It's that Sean Payton was down after the game and he kind of put it, you know, on the fact that they lost the game. I don't believe that's what it was. I think he was down because I think the he felt like the offense looked like trash. I think that's what it was. And I think if the offense were able to have converted a little bit more efficiently and maybe finished some drives off, then I think you'd have seen a little bit of a different demeanor from him following the game.
1: And obviously, maybe it was the way they lost, right? Yeah. defensive breakdown you look back on first half opportunities to to put three on the board and and you failed to do so yeah there were some failures there that that came back to bite you for sure and i think we talked about the conversation heading into
0: the break about look what are we looking for tonight for me it starts up front with this offensive line russell wilson sixth in the nfl last year with 105 pressured throws and the number one most sack quarterback in the league if you're getting pressured on 160 or more dropbacks, you are constantly going to be looking for the pass rush and for russell at this stage he's got to do a better job of keeping his eyes downfield but man he needs a he needs a hand
1: yeah no doubt once bitten, twice shy i can't blame right. the man <laughs> for, right. for looking out for 300-pound guys that are looking to take his head off. because yeah, that's I don't what think they, anybody's going to hold hold that against him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you say you want to see this offensive line, and, and, and it stinks because you're not going to get to see it in, in his full complement because no, McClinchy no is out. And, and I think you really need to because you didn't walk away with the questions that you had answered that you walked into last week's game with. Ben Powers didn't look great. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, you know, you got a 30 million dollar side of the line that didn't hold up, particularly in third down, even when they had help. So mm-hmm. you, the, this unit needs to be on the field and it's not their fault. Obviously, injuries happen. But, you know, I, I hope you walk away with the answers that you're looking for. But you're still, you know, <laughs> you're you miss- not going to you're, huh? you're missing 20 percent of what you need. Yeah. And look, McGlinchy's absence, not just from tonight,
0: but from the bulk of training camp is is a problem. Because this is the fire in the crucible time, right? This is when you mesh together as a cohesive unit, and there's not going to be any opportunity for him to do so. And a lot of guys on the station have given him a hard time for what he showed in practice, but I have a hard time going there, to be 100% honest with you. This is a guy who just came off the death of one of his best friends, and he practiced, what, maybe two, what was he, there for three days? Before he sprained a knee, yeah. right? So, I, again, you're, you're a whole new operation, a whole new system, and you're expecting this guy to look like a night, you know, one of the best right tackles in the league right away. Look, now it wasn't good enough from what we saw to him in several practices, but I do believe that there were extenuating circumstances that are easily explained away. But it still doesn't solve the problem, right? The problem still remains that the very first time McGlinchey is going to have to face Anybody, It's Max Crosby in week one and then the commander's front in the second week. So, yeah, certainly looking ahead, there will be there will be, you know, some, some rough waters to have to navigate. But as far as tonight goes, a conversation that Mac and I were having yesterday that he brought to my attention because it, it didn't even cross my radar of reality. But I think it's something interesting to mention that the Broncos really have an out for Garrett Bowles in his contract right now if they wanted to exercise it. Now, that's going to be a huge pill to swallow, but I believe the amount of guaranteed money left on the contract, I want to say, is just north of $2 million, and the only dead cap hit, I believe, is between 2 and $4 million. So if for some reason you felt like you needed to move on because you end up saving yourself almost $27 million in cap space that rolls over into next season, you do have the opportunity to do so without it hamstringing you I just don't anticipate that
1: being the path that they choose to take. Well, but and yes. That would be a great opportunity, but in favor of who? Right. That, that's I, I, that's a problem, you know. It, are you going to do it in favor of Quinn Bailey, right? Because he's filling in at right tackle right now. Are you going to do it in favor of Cam Fleming? Uh,
0: man, look, I just I chuckle at the entire idea of it because for the Broncos to have to make that move right now, you're talking about bailing on your plan at left tackle two weeks into the preseason. The guy's coming off a fractured leg. The hope is is that as he gets more game reps, he begins to become more comfortable with that injured leg. And hopefully he can start to develop. Now, that's great in a vacuum. But if we look at this thing from a 30,000-foot view, his best season was during the COVID year, no fans in the stands. The fans came back, and his play started to decline again, and then he eventually got hurt. So it's a tough stretch here for Garrett Bowles, but at the very same time, I don't know. Again, I I refuse to even go there. I don't think that would be on on their radar because, like you said, you would have to have – an undeniable better option than Garrett Bowles. And it would have to be so ironclad because if you cut him and it ends up being a disaster, who looks bad?
1: You're going to be answering a whole lot of questions in the, in the spring. That's your ass sure. you will be. I, I would feel good about that had they drafted a, you know, just a all-American tackle that they were planning on to wait in mm. the wings some corn-fed boy from Iowa yeah yeah listen one, one, one of those rammed is something who, who whose name ends in a check you know That's what I mean right. That's <laughs> what of right. those yeah. guys <laughs> yeah. you know so, uh-huh. something like that if they had a guy that they had he had just overwhelmed you in camp and you were ready to move forward with him and that wasn't the original plan then yes let's bring up that scenario but right right now you would just I think you'd be setting yourself up for failure We
0: talked about what we wanted to see out of the running backs and what we wanted to see out of the offensive line. We're going to swing back around to Russell Wilson, but coming up next, it's the Broncos defense. They're going to be without some key starters, but it provides an opportunity for some of these younger cats to step up and make a name for themselves. We'll tell you who you need to keep an eye on next. Set for Broncos and 49ers tonight, here's Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. I woke up today, and the first thing I started thinking about was, oh, man, I'm so ready for college football. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and think a very similar thought. It's going to be, oh, man, I cannot wait for red zone. Because I am just dying for real football to get back, and we're almost there. We're so close; we can taste it at this point. Yeah, Kyle, are you ready the,
1: for the season, it? All season, all the things that go with it. It's a um, it's a great time of year, man. I, I'm oh, really man. waiting for college football. It's you know there's there's so much to pay attention to around here, particularly what's going on in Boulder. Right? We, we have no idea what we're going to see there, and then um, you know around the country, I see some they, wins is what we're going to see there. Let's go to work. Let's We're go to work. work. Let's go to work, <laughs> baby. And then around the country, obviously, there's, there's yeah. a ton of programs to keep your eye on. So optimism sure. is in the air, man. Great time. Enjoy Especially it.
0: Especially because nobody's lost yet, right? So you can still be optimistic. It's like, ah, a preseason game, losing a preseason game, who cares? Which really, who cares? Because it doesn't count for much. Right. But, but, you know, Sean Payton tried to give us all the illusion this week that it did count. I'm not buying what he's selling. Are you? Man,
1: you know, you said that
0: winning matters.
1: These preseason games, Kyle. There's, there's two schools of thought, mm-hmm. right? There's a the school of thought that is the Michael Jordan school that I want to win, and I don't care what we're competing. I don't care if it's a spinning contest, right? Yeah, I'm a Tiddly winks. Yeah, I'm going to beat you. I don't care, right? Uh, and I don't mind that type of competitor. But then, you know, as I was researching this this week. Uh, back in 2015, there was a span there where the Pittsburgh Steelers were one and nine through a Mm. 10 game stretch of preseason games. And I don't think they've had any problems, right? And this was when Ben Roethlisberger was still the man. So, you know, you you go back and forth, you know. Yeah, yeah. He he was still, you know. He was still playing there. It it was, it was proven at that point, right? And and Mike Tomlin had kind of, uh, brushed aside the, the notion that preseason games you know you put too much stock in them so uh, there, there's two schools of thought and i think there's more than one way to win in the nfl sean payton just says hey man I, i'm trying to win and i don't care as long as they're keeping score i'm out there there's a lot of talk
0: about this broncos offense and there has been all week and rightfully so i mean it was the worst offense in the nfl last year averaged under 17 points per game it was it was brutal to watch but this broncos defense remained one of the best in the league last year, at least per the numbers. Now, I think you can have a conversation about as far as high leverage situations, you know, turnovers and the like. But against Arizona on Friday night, they did a very nice job, at least the first team defense did, at getting Arizona off the field and not giving them much on the plus side of the 50. Yeah, look, the defense,
1: the defense did what the defense does, right? Oh, oh yes, yeah, yes, and, and and they've had to carry this team for the and last. What is it that the defense does? They've carried this team for the last seven years, right? And right. And, and you know the. It can be worse now. <laughs> it could be a whole lot worse at the you're defense. Not you know, I can think of plenty of times, and unfortunately, they they've broken under some of the pressure. I can think back to that Jacksonville games a few years ago with Gardner Minshew, right? Mm. But but yeah. it's just you know you can only ask them to do so much, and and you know you get he's saying get getting a birthday pick and put mm. them on the forty one yard line, and you walk away with nothing. Right. You know it', it it's, right. it's it's more of the same, so you know that's what I mean when i say they've they've done what they've been doing and, and hopefully you can find an offense that will complement that and now you can find your way to a couple more mm-hmm. wins here. And that's such a deflating
0: feeling yeah. for a defense, right? You do your job, you hold up your end of the bargain, and then multiple opportunities the offense has to cash in, they come away with nothing. You've just been out on the field for five, six minutes, giving it your all, and bam, you're right back out there after a couple. That's what we've as what we've seen for the better part of the last seven years. It, it, we look, can't Mac, see that anymore.
1: It, it's deflating is an understatement. It's how you get cussed out. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and that's it, how you get cussed out by Mike Purcell. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you yeah. go. There you yeah. go. Because you're only going to watch so much of that, right? Yeah. And, and, and Mike Purcell and the Key Talib, and, and and so we've seen this show before. And you can't be mad at those guys. Look, man, I'm landing on the line. I'm having some success. I'm doing my job, holding right. up my end of the bargain. And here you go, kicking the going wide right again. Right. <laughs> right. Come on, yeah, man. It's exactly. Please. Like, give
0: me some help. It, it right, takes right. me off. Throw too. me a life vest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last week, I thought there were a couple of guys that really stood out and I'll have my eye on them. But before we kind of get into the minutia of what we're expecting out of the defense, I think it is important to mention in this conversation that the Broncos are going to be without several major defensive starters again. I I don't believe Sertan is going to play. Simmons won't play. DJ Jones, the good news is he did end up passing the concussion protocol from the concussion he suffered against Arizona last week. But as you and I talked about last Sunday, I I really hope we don't see him out on the field the rest of the preseason. There's no need. No need. There's no need for a guy like DJ Jones. Frank Clark didn't play. I do wonder if we'll see him tonight, though. He's been, you know, held out of some practices here or there. Maybe they want him to get his feet wet a little bit there, so that'll be interesting. But there are a couple names, and we'll start with this one, along the defensive line in a position where there is opportunity, because of a vacancy due to the suspension to Ioma Uazurike, gambling, you know, suspended the entire year. Elijah Garcia stepped up and took advantage of an opportunity last week. Two sacks, a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss. This is somebody that you and I w- had an eye on in training camp, and he took it and translated it to the field.
1: Yeah, it, it's a he, he's a big man. He moves really well. And uh, those are, are, are highly valued commodity in the NFL. Interior guys, they don't get a ton of praise. Um but, but when they make plays, man, they, they jump off the screen. Chris Jones is one of those guys in Kansas City that there's no doubt that he is a straw that stirs a drink. Not in Kansas City right
0: now. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a holdout there yeah. for Chris Jones. Well, man. I mean. But you're right, though. He's a, a football player. Pay to man. Yeah, well, there, there's a reason
1: he's holding out, right? Because he is the straw that stirs that drink. No doubt. So so if you can find those guys, and, and, and again, and we talked a little bit about you know, not necessarily at the tackle position, but if Matt Henningsen can, can continue to, to flash as well, there's definitely opportunity there, and you need to have depth, and, and that was one of your major concerns. And, and so far, so good. The boxes are checked, I believe, at that particular thing. You want to see this continue to trend up, though.
0: Right. Like you're saying, you can go out and do it once, but as Coach Prime says... You know, he is him every day of the week that ends with a Y. So whether it's a Friday or a Saturday, you got to bring the same fight, right? And for the Broncos, stopping the run is going to be a huge part of this defense having success. And again, you're so thin on the D line with Zach Allen and DJ Jones injuries to either one of those guys puts them in a compromising position. You can be pleased with what you've seen out of Elijah Garcia and Matt Henningson, but you also have to readily acknowledge that those guys are unproven entirely, entirely unproven, right? Until we see it on Sundays, we can't trust it, but it was a good early sign. And like you said, we'd like to see some carryover. the other name. I wanted to bring up, got a little bit of a tussle this week. Jaquan McMillan, he got in a fight with Damari Mathis during the conditioning section of camp when they were running at the end of practice. I don't think I've ever seen that before where you're just getting in a fight in the the
1: conditioning line, Kyle. Yeah, that's one of those I'm tired of your mouth fights.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, man, why don't you... <laughs> well, just, well, just go and do some. Why yeah. don't you? Yeah. But, I mean, I thought it was funny because, you know, you, you see a scrap between two guys. Yeah, it was during conditioning. But at the same time, these are two guys that are vying for the exact same spot. Now, Damari Mathis clearly has the inside position and the inside track on that starting spot opposite of Patrick Sertan. But we saw Jaquan McMillan really flash on special teams and make some big tackles outside of that, you know, just playing in the regular defense. So I'll have my eyes certainly tonight on Jaquan McMillan and Damari Mathis, for that matter. The two starting corners on the outside for the Broncos, those two are firmly in the middle of a position battle.
1: Yeah, and, and they're very similar guys. So you can see how there's a little tension there, right? There are two guys that... Got it out the proverbial mud, right? And and they're going to be guys that, that they got to carry their water because they're going to get a lot of work because teams aren't going to want to test or tan too much, right? right. So you got to have some of that grit. I don't mind those guys mixing up a little bit because you're going to have to fight through some adversity this year. And that's why Damari Mathis is in the position that he's in, really, right? Because mm-hmm. he got, what was it, two or three? Pass interference calls. I think it was three. I think it was three in one game. Man, to bounce back from that, right? I mean, you could find yourself in the dumpster after that. So, you know, those guys have to have a little bit of that. So you don't mind them mixing it up. You just can't stay there, right?
0: Right, right. The other name I think is very important to mention in this discussion is Drew Sanders, the rookie linebacker, because we were told this week that there may be an opportunity for Drew Sanders to rush the passer, but we haven't seen him in any sort of, you know, Capacity related to that yet in training camp, that to me
1: seems like a little wild card they're keeping up their sleeve at the moment in time. And you took the words out of my mouth because that's just an added bonus. You feel really good about Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton. You feel a lot better than you felt in years past at that particular position. So coming up under them, being able to learn from them, but if you can still find your way to contribute 20 snaps a game, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, there's there's an X factor there that uh, will allow Vance Joseph to get creative. You know, VJ spoke
0: this week, and he spoke quite emphatically about this defense, calling this group of pass rushers the best that he's ever coached, which I thought was maybe a little hyperbolic, but... I don't know, man. I mean, they've shown well in camp early, but it's easy to say that before the lights really come on on Sundays, and you're out there for four quarters, really trying to get after a quarterback right in the
1: middle of, uh, of a really tight game. I, I, I trust that he knows, right? And and that can be a group of unsung guys, you know, it, it can, or unknowns. Um, obviously, we'll believe them or both, you know, or both, right? <laughs> right? Right? Uh, you know, uh, holla at me in week nine. Okay. And, 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 and in week we'll nine. See. Yeah. Week nine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to
0: holler at you tomorrow morning from 8 to 10. I'm going <laughs> to holler at you week, week 3 of the preseason and week 1, week 9. Yeah, man. We, you want me to wait to ask you about pass rush to week 9? Well, I mean, you'll know by then. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> That's a safe bet, Kyle. Oh, man, that is a safe bet. If your money stays in plays with Kyle, you know that you're at least breaking even. When we come back on the other side, what do we expect in the 49ers tonight? They have tons of questions, and we're going to see a lot of different personnel. We'll dive into that conversation next.
1: Getting you set for Broncos and 49ers tonight, here's Matt Smith and Kyle Reese.
0: Well, well, well. We've got an update, folks. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Broncos pregame as we inch ever closer to kickoff. 6.30 local time is the kickoff between Denver and San Francisco in both of these teams' second preseason game of the year. And the big question as far as San Francisco is concerned heading into this one is who would start at quarterback. Last week it was a combination of Sam Darnold Brandon Allen, the gamer, and Trey Lance. Heck, wasn't it? It was you and I on Sunday, right, Kyle? Who talked? About, who talked about Brandon Allen potentially beating out Trey Lance?
1: Uh, it's listen, man. <laughs> we, I
0: mean, and we, it was one of those stories that I looked at with an eyebrow raised. But that's not really going to be a concern for Forty Nine er fan tonight because. Look, I, I'm looking right here at some video of pregame warmups out there at Levi Stadium, and Brock Purdy made his way out on the field, and he is throwing 45 yard BBs. And I'm telling you, this kid looks like he's going to play. So I, I expect to see Brock Purdy for at least at least a drive,
1: if not two. Yeah, look, they need to see that because they're definitely a team that's primed to find themselves making a deep playoff run, if not a Super Bowl run and pick up where they left off last year, a lot has been invested. A lot's getting ready to be invested in Bosa. So, you know, they're, they're a team that's ready for it. And you want to know that you got stability, at least at the quarterback position. Brock Purdy did a great job for him last year. So, um, you know, I, that's actually as a, you know, as somebody who doesn't have any skin in the game, I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out. You are? Yeah. I'm a football okay. fan. Okay. I'm a football fan. You know, and yeah, right? it's a great story. I mean, his story incredible. Yeah,
0: it's a great story. Mr. Irrelevant comes in and takes a team to an NFC Championship game, ends up one of the best you know, rated passers of all of last season, but the Broncos will have to face him a little bit tonight, and after that, I imagine it'll be Sam Darnold who probably gets the rest of the first half, and the second half will be split up most likely between Trey Lance and Brandon Allen. Allen will probably carry the 49ers home as he sits in the bottom of, the, of that depth chart, but I actually like that, and I'll tell you why, because Look, and this is nothing against Sam Darnold, who, you know, he's had his ups and downs. But with Brock Purdy, I think your passing defense gets tested a little bit more.
1: And for this Broncos defense, he also get a chance to get after QB1, right? Yeah, no doubt. You, you, you want to you get as close to what it's going to be like in week one as possible. And, and Brock Purdy definitely gives you that. I don't know what it's going to look like at the receiver position. You're, you're probably not going to see a ton of Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. And you're definitely not going to see George Kittle. But uh, but but you do want to see a, a realistic look, man, and and uh, a guy with a little something to prove. You you don't mind that on the field. Yeah, I'm
0: looking over here at their box score from last week, and they got absolutely smoked <laughs> by the Raiders, 34 to seven. Their leading receiver was Ronnie Bell, who's that rookie from Michigan if memory serves. And that kid was a baller in college. So I imagine you'll see a lot of Ronnie Bell tonight. Chris Conley was a former receiver with the Jags. I think he spent some time in in Kansas City. But Ross Dwelly is also a name that some will probably recognize, maybe fantasy owners out there who had to – you know, find a spot start at tight end because George Kittle, you know, spent so much time on the injured reserve. The one area that I think the Forty ers actually lack in uh, is, is backfield depth and talent. Now, I don't know if McCaffrey's going to go tonight. I don't really know what the point of that would be for them. That seems awfully risky. And then Elijah Mitchell, I want to say, also got hurt again, either in training camp or off-season training. So he's dealing with some other injuries. So it looks like Tyrion Davis Price was their leading carry uh, ball carrier last week, LSU. He was a rookie last season. So I think this Broncos team has an opportunity here, and, and this is why I like the fact that Brock Purdy is going to play, because I think this Broncos team has an opportunity to build some confidence because they will get a look at one of the best teams in the NFL and some of their starters, uh, at least for a few drives. Yeah, it, it... You want to be able to do something against those guys, right, you know? Right, you don't right. want to just have your, you know, f- one lone touchdown drive that you had to convert on fourth
1: down come against their twos and threes. Well, well, think about it because that's very similar to what you're seeing in practice. It's like, okay, so the twos can mm. can, can win on twos, right? right. But what are the twos doing against the ones? Hey, right? man, that's a great point, and, 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 Kyle. And, and so Elijah Garcia should be chomping at the bit. You know, this is man. Get after that guy and and, and see what he's got. To, he's bringing to the table because, again, they both have something to prove. And, man, a golden opportunity. I would agree with you, Matt. Yeah. And that's a really good point you brought up
0: because this Broncos offense has really started to find some more flow in chemistry. Right. When did that happen, Kyle? Um, you know, I was out at practice. I'll tell you when. it's When Justin Simmons got hurt. That's no. when it happened because Justin was terrorizing Russ that first week. He had three interceptions three straight days. Then eventually he gets banged up with that groin that appears to have been nagging him. But were I mean, you
1: there I... when he started barking about it? No, I wasn't. I, I, was, I missed that day. You know, Justin Simmons, like, he's really mild-mannered, great community guy. But, <laughs> but, but look, man, he's a competitor, right? And, 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 he'll, and between him and Kareem Jackson, those guys will let you know in practice. And, and he was yelling from the sideline one day, just just letting them have it. So, you know, listen, man,
0: you're Chad, right. Chad and I had that conversation <laughs> earlier this week. We were talking about who are the dogs on this. De- Actually, I'll just ask you, who are the dogs
1: on this Broncos defense? Well, Kareem Jackson, you know, you know what I think of him. And, yeah. and I think he's going to be on the team. Uh, mm-hmm. I think DJ Jones is one of them. I think you got a newfound dog in Frank Clark. By mm. the way. Uh, so, uh, if you can find one, Alex Singleton, you, you never classify him as that, but he's a guy that brings his lunch pail every week. Right. right. And, and, and so you're starting to get to the point where you got one of those guys who you believe that they are in the I can't forget Sertan on each level. Right. And that's the making of elite defense in the NFL. Right. And, and
0: so I asked Chad and his response was Kareem Jackson as well. And I said, can you be a dog from the sideline? Like, does it, oh. is that possible? And it's nothing against K-Jack, but Caden Stearns, by the way, who is on the field participating in warmups. So we may actually see some Caden Stearns tonight. Um, I mean, it appears right now that he is the starter at that position. And the other the other name he mentioned was Randy Gregory. You know, and and according to Chad, a dog is somebody that can't be afraid to talk, can't be afraid to, you know, stick their nose in there and is a little bit wild, too. Well,
1: yeah, but you asked the same question about Randy Gregory, right? Can you can you make that classification from the sideline for him?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the yeah. same deal, right? I don't know. I would say
0: yes, because he was in street clothes last year in that joint practice, and he got into a fight. So, yeah, I think he could be a dog from the sideline. I know Randy can, actually. I'm not so sure about K-Jack. Oh, the two man. names that I mentioned were um, Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons. Because those two dudes, I I just feel like, you know, as far as dogs go, you talk about backing it up with intensity, toughness. Nobody's going to knock you off your mark. Those are those two guys. And Chad said, Justin's too nice. And which is funny because that is pretty much the classification that you just gave him. And I said, well, maybe he's an emotional support dog.
1: Yeah. There there are many varieties of dogs now. That's right. That, that's oh, right. Man. That's right. There's a ton
0: going on. We actually have some more current injury updates rolling in and we'll pass those along to you next. We are rolling Boy, we are rolling towards the regular season really quickly. It'll be here before you know it. But first, we have a little business to take care of. And tonight, it continues in San Francisco, where the Broncos and 49ers kick in just over a half an hour. When we come back, we'll hit you with those injury updates. Who's in for tonight? Who's out for tonight? And what are we looking for out of number three? Team three, what's he bringing to the table? That's on the other side.